The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. There's one power strong enough to break the cycle of addiction and incarceration. One name that restores and redeems hearts. One true savior. This is Prison Transformation Radio. Stories of chains broken and hearts restored. Here are your hosts, Jim Moore and Pastor Dwight Anderson. Welcome church. Welcome to Prison Transformation Radio. My name is Jim Moore. Uh, Day job, the R3 Collaborative, where we try to get the right resources to the right folks at the right time. Mm -hmm. We we focus on recovery from addiction, re-entry from incarceration, and here's the third R, renewal in Christ. So Pastor Dwight, a, a special show today. When you're talking about prison, you can talk about a concrete prison. Yes. You can talk about a prison from a, a prison of addiction mm-hmm. and trapped. You talk about prison of our own mind, but you know the saddest prison of all? And Gina's gonna talk about this. Gina Evans, our guest. Mm-hmm. The second prison. Yes. Life after conviction, which is a strange, societal, stigmatized kind of prison and restricted life. And and so we, we don't wanna just, you know, whine and complain about it, but she's a, Gina's a doer. She's an involved, she's an advocate with the Second Chance Coalition. Uh-huh. Uh, she and, and her colleagues have, have, have moved legislation forward. Y'all heard of Ban the Box? Well, now, you know, mm-hmm. they took the box off of applications, so you gotta at least get a chance to look somebody in the eye. So they're doing a lot of work, she'll fill it in. And we also have a, an all-day conference that Gina's gonna be talking about called Collateral Consequences uh, coming up on October 25th. And so we'll have information at r3collaborative.org, but Gina will also talk about it. So you kind of work in the first and the second prison, mostly the first prison. Yes. How's, how's life with Prison Mission Association? That's Pastor Dwight's, Pastor Dwight's ministry. Yes, yes, I'm the director of Prison Mission Association. Yeah, tomorrow, October 15th, I'm gonna be speaking at the Rush Creek Bible Church. It's in Grand Rapids, Michigan. They're having their home missions conference. And then we're working on a workshop on November 20th. We're going to be at the Red Wing Correctional Facility. We're going to do two workshops because they canceled their transition fair because of all the issues and things right now in the prisons. Um, but they invited me to come and speak. And I've got Norm Anderson, my friend, who wrote the 12 Seeds for I know Successful Relations. Yeah, so we're going to do a, a, two seminars, a one-hour workshop with the young people at Red Wing. And then there's 40 adults that are there. We're going to do a workshop with the adults on... 12 skills for a better life using the 12 seeds workbook and then we'll be also offering my bible correspondence courses which they can earn college credit for so we're excited about that's going to be a new thing and and um norm anderson his last name anderson ends with en and mine is on and he joked with me he said uh, we should start doing this in all the prisons and en and on <laughs> uh he's a partnership is what he said to me. Eons so, and oans and so and they canceled the stillwater transition fair so i'm hoping to approach uh stephen richards there and see if we can do the same thing and maybe yeah. in stillwater and some of these Excellent. other other prisons is do, the, do and planting churches in prison yes all, yes all that's our ultimate things. goal so there really is a lot of work being done in prisons yes we we our three collaboratives involved many jail and prison ministries mm-hmm. our recovery re-entry ministries we really try to meet them at the gate you know, you That's don't right. want to float around. Let's have resources. In fact, let's get those things in, in place before they graduate. But 
uh, graduate, I guess, from prison. <laughs> so there you go. But, you know, you can get all the resources and all those things in place. But if you're, if you're stripped of, of honor and opportunity, right. how long it's can tough. you hold your breath yes. before you slip back into the old life? So we're talking about turning things around. And mm-hmm. There are 2.2 million men and women incarcerated. Mm-hmm. I got this from Prison Fellowship. You know, right. it's just some key ideas. 95% of those prisoners will be released. That's right. Right? Uh, this year, 600,000 people. Mm. We'll return to the return to our communities, and here's a tragedy: two out of three will be rearrested. Now we are all accountable for the choices we made, but we can all make some choices to do mm-hmm. things differently, to change some things that may help some of those people. So that's all to kind of set the stage for Gina Evans, who's a dear friend, a call a colleague. Actually, I had the opportunity to work with and for Gina for a number of years with Teen Challenge. We went into the prisons and we advocated for treatment. And so that's where mm-hmm. I, that's really when my heart got involved of all of this. Gina still directs community outreach for Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. And she is one of the leaders of the Second Chance Coalition. So we want to welcome you, Gina. God bless you for everything you do, my friend. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Dwight, for having yeah. me on the show. Yeah, and so I've kind of sketched the big picture, and there's a lot of other things you do. I just can't keep track of it all. So uh, you want to just kind of start with the big picture, but you know what we love the most, right, Pastor Dwight? Our stories, and you have Mm -hmm. one of the most remarkable stories that I've ever heard. So introduce yourself in terms of your work. We're going to talk about collateral consequences, but once you do kind of a big picture, can we start with, with however you're comfortable in telling your story? Absolutely. Thanks, Jim. Um, well, my story um, starts with Jesus. Mm. Um, I um, started using drugs at a really young age, um, grew up in a pretty dysfunctional home um, filled with violence and addiction and drugs and alcohol. And um, and so by the time I was 15 years old, I started um, sticking needles in my arms and um, ended up committing my first crime at 16. Um I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about that, yeah. but I had a 15-year IV meth addiction that wound me up in prison three different times out at Shakopee Women's Prison. Um, I have about, between foster care and uh, incarceration, I have about six years mm-hmm. um, that I was under mm-hmm. someone else's authority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was where Jesus found me. Um, I was in Shakopee Women's Prison, um, had just lost uh, my parental rights for my kids, um, was doing serving a 21-month sentence, and really came to a crossroads. Was I going to um, be the kind of person that my kids were going to want to be around and see when they turned 18? My, par- my parents decided to put my kids up for adoption um, while I was in prison the last time, and they went. Um, through Catholic Charities and found an adoptive home and my kids were gone and um, really got to that point like who am I going to be when they find me and um, through Mm. a series of God events in prison um, I ended up going to a prison fellowship Bible study all right Mm. and um, and that was where God met me Jeremiah 29 11 I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord for Mm. good and not for harm to give you hope in a future and started praying and asking God to show himself to me and um, on Mother's Day of 2002 I called home to wish my mom a happy Mother's Day and the 
people that adopted my children decided that it wasn't God's plan for their life to be parents and um, sent my kids back home. And I never heard that, wow. Gina, and I thought I knew everything. Um, and it felt like in that little tiny phone wow. booth in that prison cell, it really felt like God reached down out of heaven and hit the reset button on my life. Wow. And after that, I got out and went to Teen Challenge and um, really began through um, – the work that I did as a, a staff two years later um, and trying to get employed and working through the stuff with my kids and parenting and that that the prison time was easy. Re-acclimating and re-entering back yeah. into society is the difficult part. Yeah. And in that, I met um, Sarah Walker and Mark Hasse, who are the founders of Second Chance Coalition, and really got involved in the work of being a voice for people who don't have a voice of their own and meeting with legislators about bipartisan issues where um, sometimes it's not about the left or the right, it's about the right thing to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, right. Um, and so it's just really been my passion for the last 10 years to... Um, move people's hearts um, with stories and what is the next thing that we can help to do people once they're released back into the community. Right. Amen. And and it's remarkable because I've witnessed a lot of your career, but you helped launch the teen, uh, not the teen, but it was a prevention program called Know the Truth, which 60,000 kids every uh, year, Pastor Dwight, uh, middle school and high school, greater metro area, get to hear some stories about about choices people made. Mm. You know, the thing I've always loved most about your story is I've heard you say a number of times, I made bad choices. Mm -hmm. I made choices. It's not just I caught a crime. Right. And because and, isn't that victimy thing hard to hard to break through? But I've heard other people say that when I hear someone kind of owning those choices, right. then encountering Christ, then hit reset. And I'd say, and it's easy. But once those, for those of you listening, if you got loved ones, if you're coming out of treatment or incarceration, listen up. Listen to Jay Coughlin's mm -hmm. show last, last week, um, the five bold choices, because the Lord seems to use these tremendous tragedies. God bless the broken road that right. led me to God, because mine was, I don't even get in my store ever, so it's just all fractured. And so I guess we got that in common, Gina. And I guess the people that we're seeking second chances for have that in common, too. So tell us a little bit about the ground that, that you and Sarah and company have covered with the Second Chance Coalition. What kind of uh, legislation has been passed? What kind of things have you been working on? And then we'll land on that upcoming conference. Great. So Second Chance Coalition has done a lot of work with the legislature to try to make reentering the community for people who have been justice involved a little bit smoother of a transition and to yeah. really try to help set people up mm -hmm. for success after they're released. You know, we've done some legislative things down at the Capitol, um, ban the box. So um, both privately and publicly, when you fill out a job application, um, they're not supposed to ask the question, have you been convicted of a felony until the interview process? Yeah giving people an opportunity to at least mm -hmm. get in there and, and have a conversation. Right. Um, we did some sentencing reform back in 2015 with the county attorney's office and the sheriff's association that helped to reduce some of the amounts of chemicals yeah. that somebody gets caught with and the severity of those crimes, um, as well as eliminating mandatory minimums for drug sentencing and really focusing on people that use drugs and alcohol um, as a 
business and not people that are just walking around with a personal amount in their pocket. Which is a lot of people in prison. Not yes. to be victim about it, but a lot of people, it's more users, and even they do petty crimes, usually it's to get drugs, not right. to run a cartel, right? right? Yes, the statistic that we used down at the Capitol in 2015 was that there were 519 people currently incarcerated in the Minnesota Department of Corrections for a fifth degree possession, which is like... Uh, less than a half a gram of um, hard drugs, just a very small amount. Great. And there are there are a lot of, I guess, in, in, inequalities, inconsistencies. Uh, can you share with us what recently happened in Calif California? Gene and I were on a panel last week talking about this kind of reform issues. And just the day before, Governor Jerry Brown, who's been gone, been back, but something remarkable happened in California. Tell us about that and the implications. Yep. One of the things that um, we would like to see happen here in Minnesota is some cash bail reform. Um, our system is set up to be um, easier on people with the resources um, to get an attorney and bail themselves out of jail and harder on those um, that are socioeconomically less advantaged. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those individuals mm -hmm. are, are people of color. So it's very discriminatory right. based on race. Mm -hmm. um, so in California, Jerry Brown eliminated the cash bail system. They have a lot of work to do in California to figure out um, how they're going to um, be able to keep the right people in prison yeah. and make sure that those mm -hmm. individuals that are, you know, law, no low-level nonviolent offenders are able to be out in the community while they're taking care of their, their legal action. And it's not just California. Is this impending in other parts of the country? What's happening in Minnesota? Um, cash bail is something that's definitely on the docket. Um, Hennepin, um, Mark Hasse is running for Hennepin County Attorney right now, and that's one of the things that he's campaigning on is reforming our cash bail system to be a fairer system for everyone, regardless of um, their socioeconomic status. Yeah. Well, just God bless you and, and all the others. In Minnesota and in Washington, D.C., Sarah Walker, who's one of the founders of the Second Chance Coalition, uh, when I when we had her on the show before, yeah, we didn't know if she right. was at Washington, D.C. or St. Paul, but she was everywhere. Yes. And so just the kind of noble work in that happening. You know, She's one, my hero. Yeah, I, I, I've never met her, but I kind of got that. I kind of got that too. So we're talking about all of this this work that is happening, and one of our uh, one of our missions when we started Prison Transformation Radio was not just to transform those people, but was to transform the rest of us. Right. The public opinion. Yes. The awareness and the way that we think about things, and I think the one of the best ways to do that is through uh, transformative education, mm -hmm. giving people opportunities to find out more. And that's what, in addition to all this political work y'all do, these workshops that I've attended from Second Chance Coalition, and sometimes they're a couple hours, half day workshops, but something special is coming up October 25th, and actually a full day conference. And uh, Gene was handing around flyers. We're going to have mm -hmm. those up on r3collaborative.org. But uh, give us a window into October 25th because I'm thinking this is a great opportunity for people mm -hmm. to come out and just be blown away by what they learn. Um, it, it's really an awesome opportunity. We're partnering. Uh, Minnesota Second Chance Coalition is partnering with Hamlin University's um, Center for Justice and Law, um, along with Ujamaa Place and Goodwill Easter Seals and Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge, to really talk about 
what the collateral consequences are. I think it's kind of a buzzword right now. Explain um, it a little bit because buzzwords sometimes are buzzy. Yep. And so, um, you know, there are all of these consequences that happen for people once they've completed their prison sentence. Mm -hmm. um, some of those include child protection issues, oh. parenting. Um, there are people that have a conviction and are on probation that can't supervise a field trip for their child because they can't pass a background check. So oftentimes parenting as a felon is very difficult. Getting a job as a felon or applying for school, there's still colleges that ask whether you've been convicted of a felony and use that to decide whether you're going to be allowed to enroll mm -hmm. in their school or not. Um, uh, housing. Housing is a huge issue yeah. right now. You yeah. look at the wall um, and the people that um, are living down on Hiawatha because they can't find places to live. Mm -hmm. And some of them, it's because of their criminal convictions that they aren't able to find housing, let alone affordable housing, safe housing. Um, and then the other. And that's the second prison that I've yes. heard you talk about. Yes. Yeah. Right, Pastor? Um, and then also um, civic engagement. Like in Minnesota right now, there are 63,000 people on probation. 47 of 47,000 of them are on felony probation, and they're not allowed to vote until after they've been released from their probation sentence. And for some people, that's 20, 30, it can be a long time. 40 years. Yep, Aren't a you lifetime. trying to yeah. limit that, Gina? Yeah. Didn't I hear something about, not to jump around, but there's a lot going on. 20 years probation. How do you live under a cloud like that? Yep, it's very difficult. I mean, that's why we call it the second prison. Um, restore the vote is one of the things we've been working on down mm -hmm. at the legislature for the last three or four years. And it's just a really hard issue to get pushed through. People have opinions about it and um, about, um, you know, the impact that that would have. And, you know, the reality, I believe, is that if people are safe enough for to be living in our communities, working at jobs, paying sales tax, that they should have a voice to be represented in our government. Mm -hmm. That's what our founding right. fathers yeah. believed. Right. And so we just keep making the push and getting other organizations on board um, to be able to um, be a, a bigger voice down at the Capitol. So that's what the collateral consequences. And I served my time, I paid the price, but after I did that, there's a whole series of other prices, collateral consequences. Yeah. Yeah, if you just tuned in, you're listening to AM980, The Mission. This is Prison Transformation Radio, Changing Hearts with Christ. And I'm Pastor Dwight with the Prison Mission Association, my co-host here, Jim Moore from the R3 Collaborative. And we're interviewing Gina Evans with the Second Chance Coalition. And she's been sharing a lot of the difficulties that people have. We've been talking about as the second prison. Gina, those that are listening, maybe they've come out of prison and they're stuck right now. What resources or how can we help these people? Maybe you can give us some, even even a story of how maybe you've helped someone. We love hearing oh, testimonials stories. and stories. Give us some resources. How can we help these people or what help is available? And then maybe tell us a success story about that. Um, well, you know, the, the, the work that we're doing through the Second Chance Coalition, the conference, the trainings that we do, um, all of that stuff costs money. Yeah. And so you can like our Facebook page. Um, okay. You can become a member of the Second Chance Coalition for only $35. What's the I website? jumped on it. Or how do we, yeah. how do, yeah. we do that? It's mnmcca.org. And there's a donate now button. There's a become a member now button. There's a bu there's a, a events page where you can find the link for the collateral consequences conference. Um, we have trainings every month that you can be a part of. Uh, we have second chance day on the hill where we share our legislative agenda with the legislators. I've been there. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, so all of those things are ways people that can get involved. Um, 
And, you know, the work that we're doing is very important. I don't I don't have a very specific story about how we've helped people, but I worked I work with a table full of people. And interestingly enough, our board has become so um, justice involved heavy. Um, it's just so beautiful to see people that have come out of incarceration and that they have this passion to be able to help the people coming behind mm-hmm. us, whether mm-hmm. that's with, um, you know, finding a job or a resource fair. I connect people with R3 all the time yeah. um, that are looking for um, jobs or housing mm-hmm. or and just the network that we have with the R3 collaborative that we're all there for the same reason, whether it's Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge for Treatment or Serenity Village for Housing housing or yeah. housing link for to for for people to find housing or employment um and you know, all that they can find at r3collaborative.org right. Right. links and it, at this uh, Minnesota Second Chance Coalition website. And by the way, if your website address challenged like I am, <laughs> uh, Gina did say that the, the website, repeat that one more time, the actual website is? MNMCCA.com. And here's the trick. Google, if you forget that or didn't get your driving, can't write it down, Minnesota Second Chance Coalition. Google that and it'll take you right there to the site. And you can, all these things you were asking about, Dwight and right. Singh, How it's can they easy to read, yeah. it's easy to look at, and and then take the next step. Do something about it. Check yep. it out. We're in the middle of a website redesign, and so very okay. soon it will be mnsecondchance.org. Okay, okay. because Good. it's actually been emerging and a uh-huh. collaborating and a, a coming together of different forces and organizations. And so, again, this conference is coming up on October 25th. And it's Collateral Consequences, Life After Conviction. Conviction. I always mess up that word. I don't know. But it's Life After <laughs> Conviction. Thursday, October 25th. It's going to be from 830 to 430, Hamlin University Anderson Center. I know that's a lot of information. But, but go to the website, and that's where people can get the flyers. We're going to post it on the R3 Collaborative website as well. Hmm. Um, and, and I know you, you, know, you often ask this, Pastor Dwight, how can we, the community, help do we can attend we can seek out this information we can vote right yes. we can vote for people who are advocating for this uh, vol- the opportunities for volunteers do you need fuel can people donate um, just help us understand how we the community can support the work you're doing and get involved with it Yep, there's a couple of different ways. Um, we always are, you know, we're a nonprofit, and yeah. we always are um, looking for donations to help um, serve the community. We have some new initiatives we'd like to do, and um, it takes resources to be able to do that. Um, we're always willing to look at volunteers. Um, yeah. With we have a, um, a a website and some other things that we're doing. Um, the day the day on the hill um, is when we kind of roll out our legislative agenda for the year, and we can always have. People, we have little cards that people can sign that just they get sent to their legislator to say, I am one of your constituents and we support this legislation. Oh, um, so you can help okay. us be advocates. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Wonderful. And join us for Day on the Hill. We, we don't have a date set yet. Um, it'll depend on the session, but we usually do it in February or March. Oh, good. We'll so, promote it on the show and they yeah. can kind of go to those websites. And I just want to urge everybody let's do something. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm not taking away from prayer. For some people, that's really appropriate. Well, then pray fervently, folks, uh, for the work that Gina and all of us are doing, but also for, for the individuals that are coming out of prison. And speaking of prayer, 
Um, you know, it, time flies when we're digging in. Yes. But we got a minute for Jesus. Could you just kind of close us with a prayer uh, for the work? Thank you, Jim. Father God, we just thank you. Uh, we thank you for each and every man and woman, all 2.2 million people mm. that are incarcerated, Lord, that they would have a real experience, a real moment with you, Lord, that they would know who you are mm. and mm. what you've done for them, and yes. that that would be the first step of many, many steps to success for those individuals. Father God, I just pray for the church right now, Lord, mm. that you would raise up a body of believers yes. to come alongside those that are reentering the community from incarceration, that that we as a church would stand alongside those people, um, um, our people, my people, yes. Lord, and that we would support them in making new decisions and finding a new path in life through you. Father God, I just pray that you um, would bring us and lead us to be more like you every day, Lord, and, and, that, um, and that we would just um, shine the light of Christ in the work that we do. Um, Lord, I ask that the words of our mouths and the work of our hands and the path Amen, of our feet, Lord. Father Amen. God, would bring honor and glory to you. Amen.